Not Martin Brundle, who's sitting there like, oh, you know, back in my day, it was fucking grass and gravel, and if you went off the track, your car self-destructed, and you died. It's ridiculous if you're not good enough to keep it between the white lines. And here we are with another episode of F2 for you, the show about second tier race car drivers. This week, third tier race car drivers, hosted by, as usual, second tier sports analysts. I'm joined by my co-host, Matt. How are you, Matt? You've missed a golden opportunity there. Have I? You could have called me a third tier sports analyst. No, I think you're second tier. Mate, there was, that was, you've missed. You've you got a good brain on you, mate. You're losing your edge. You got a good brain on you. You used to have a killer instinct. And it's just going... I'm just not an arsehole. Just losing your killer instinct. You know? Just losing. You disappoint me every day. Okay. More and more. You, your self-esteem is fucking shocking. Go oh, on. Oh, man, I have. I have, yeah. I just, I just want, I want more banter. You used to, you used to fucking pull my punches. And now you've been nuded. Nuded? Nuded. You don't know what it means. I know what it means. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, I guess. You've, you've been nuded. Go. You, well, you've okay. nuded yourself, but like, which... Not a not a procedure I'd recommend to anyone. <laughs> you wouldn't recommend neutering yourself. No, to? I can't imagine. It's is this a lot this of is fun. the intro you want into oh, the no, show? I'm talking about neutering. Yeah, hundred percent go with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm happy. I'm happy. So Matthew neutered. I'm. Yep. Yeah, you look. You've thrown me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, my answer expected. is just better. Uh, look, man. Whatever. Whatever makes you feel like you have advantage. You. Whatever. <laughs> Not everything's a competition, man. You need to relax. Everything is a competition. You need to get out your competitive side with more healthy means. You need to go join a fucking bowling group or something. Go take up fencing. Like, like lawn bowls. No, like ten bowling, like 10-pin bowling. That's go join a 10-pin bowling kind of club. Bowling. Well, lawn then go, jo- go join a lawn bowls club as well. You've got the hairline of a fucking <laughs> 60-year-old. Says the man with the hairline of like a 120-year-old. You're blind. You're actually blind. All right, let's get into it. We're going to talk about the Formula 2, but the main premise of this show, as we're leading into Jeddah, which is what? It's been a 10-week break? Uh, allegedly. 10-week break between since the last Formula 2 race. It's been quite Who a while. Who are you again? I don't actually know who you are. It's been that long. Yeah. Are you? It's been a hot minute. I'm Matt. I'm Jashan. Oh, I've already introduced you. Calm down, mate. But we're going to basically preview Jeddah a little bit. Not really. But we're going to focus on the F3 grid of this past year and kind of predict who's going to be making the jump to Formula 2 for the upcoming season. Obviously, 2022. F2, 2022. That's funny. I'm going to use that. All right. We're going to go through a few names, have some fun. But first, banter and bullshit aside, Matthew, how are you going today? You feeling good? Sure. Sure? Strong sure. Yeah. I myself am in a massive food coma because I ate too much KFC. So this is going to be a great show. Let's get cracking. Reborn Ralph. Mr. Ralph Bosham. He has re-signed for uh, Campos for the 2022 season, the whole entire season. He thanked Adrian Campos in his announcement along with his sponsors, Casa Andrea, a Corsican delicatessen. I can see your interest peaking. Big fan of Corsica, are you, Matthew? A Corsica's great. Don't care about a Corsican delicate. You look, you might think everyone else listens to this for the back and forth, but I'm only interested in this show for the actual facts. The, well, this is a fact, Matthew. 
He is sponsored by you a course know, of conducting testing. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Okay. You're an idiot. If I if I wanted to know go about back dri- to school. If I wanted to know about driver sponsors, I would watch NASCAR, mate. But I'm not watching. There NASCAR. There is so much sponsor I'm chat prepared F3. for this show because you know I did research on every single F3 driver's oh, backing. I'm sure you did. Well, I'm ready to go. He's also sponsored by L by Raphael, a world class luxury beauty brand that specializes in anti aging products. Perhaps they can save both our hairlines, Matthew. Who knows? These are things worth noting. I regret suggesting this podcast. All- <laughs> he called himself a reborn Ralph in the sense that he nearly quit driving in 2020. I did not know this. Obviously, I'm a new. I'm new to this sport. And he's usually like, is this right? He's usually the guy who gets signed last minute in like a bit of a frantic rush as the kind of last minute replacement kind yes, of guy. Yes, I definitely watched F2 before 2021. Okay. okay. Thank you for your expert commentary, Matthew. He's been signed up and it's not even December. I mean, you'll listen to this when it is December, but he was signed in November. He has never finished a season in F2. He only raced twice in 2020. He missed five rounds in 2019 and he missed three in 17-18 combined. Is this a good signing for Campos, Matthew Hume? Yeah, I think it's fine. Boshan's been Mm. good. He'll be a solid, Mm. you know, veteran presence probably allowed. I'm assuming whoever their second driver will be will probably be one of the guys. Being promoted up from F3, so, you know, if he's got the backing to secure that seat, which you can assume he does, yeah, he's a, he's a solid well, he driver. because he's sponsored by Casa Andrea, a Corsican delicatessen, and L by Raphael, a Look, anti-aging I can't imagine that um, a Corsican delicatessen has anything more than $10 to their name, but I'm glad they're That's harsh on Corsica, mate. Come on. They uh they serve with a Corsican smile. Yeah, look, he's twenty four years old, so he is a he is a bit of a veteran in terms of Formula Two, which is crazy to think because I think what you're in your early thirties, aren't you? So oh, I'm actually sixty four. To think of a man who's twenty four years old as a veteran must be very confronting. Not really, <laughs> but I'm sure he'll be a great teammate to whoever they bring up into that second seat over at camp. I mean, I doubt it. He's just there to. Do good for the team. He's not there to help the team. You don't. Also, you don't yeah, have. You don't have yeah. your teammates in F two. That's not what it's about. I. If you ever read these like profiles and bios they do on the Formula Two website of all the drivers, which I'm going to um, go through a couple in a second. This is basically massive plagiarism. This episode. I'm very much here for it. All of them just talk about how they don't have any friends on the grid because it's very very difficult to get friends on the F two grid because you know it makes sense. They're all kind of still competing you're, for something. You're, you're all competing for half a seat in Formula One. Yeah. Yeah, no friends in F2. Good luck to see it. But uh, a man, oh, only recently jumped into the F2 seat as Enzo Fittipaldi, and this man loves to fish bass. Matthew, do you like fishing? Let's go with yes. You're a big fisher? No, but we're going Rip with lip? yes to liking fishing. Love that. Uh, now, that just was plagiarism. <laughs> Shout out to No Dogs. He also likes cooking a pat ragu that you learn from YouTube. His girlfriend rates it a 10 out of 10, and his parents reckon it's pretty good too. His girlfriend sounds like a fucking simp. So do his parents. <laughs> he uh, he looks up to his big brother Pietro and likes to learn from Pietro's mistakes. And as a quote specifically, he put that in there. Pow, pow, yeah. fucking shots fired. That's the first interesting thing you've said today. Thank you, Matthew. Enzo Fittipaldi thinks his brother is shit. His favourite movie is Talladega Nights, and his favourite artists are Drake and Abba. He has two dogs, a Jack Russell Terrier named Speed, and a mini Chihuahua named Obama. Now, 
Now, when we you started talking about this, Enzo, now we don't have it, but Enzo Fittipaldi was up here. Mm-hmm. The more words that have come out of your mouth, mm. he is just just nose dive. Now, normally, for the viewers, normally, normally, for, the, for the listeners, Matthew, he started up high and then he well, went I down. Did, I did verbally say nose dive. I should fair. understand that. Now, normally, when you say anything, it makes the situation worse. But this mm. isn't even because you're the one saying it. He has fully done this to himself, and you are just the messenger. You're in a real mood today, aren't you, bud? Mate, tone I it down. Always like to throw the throw the banter. Fucking around. tone it down, mate. Bloody unreasonable. Jesus Christ! So you wouldn't name uh, first of all the fact he's got a mini chihuahua. I didn't realize. Well, see, that's a that's a bad that's chihuahua. Just that's bad. But a mini Jack, chihuahua, like Jack a smaller Russell, than yeah, normal chihuahua. Jack Russell, that's just a bit lame. Mm. Um, Speed and Obama. Speed, see, Speed was the one little blip where it ticked back up because that's a great fucking name. Mm. But yeah, I can't remember what you said before the dog. But that wasn't his good favorite either. movie is Talladega Nights. Yeah, no, that wasn't good. His favorite artist, um, the Drake and Abba. Yeah, that was even worse. Not a big Drake fan. Yeah, well, Abba, not- Abba, I can respect. Abba, mm. I can, I can respect. But Drake's just not it. Mamma Mia, it's just it's a bit of a banger. Actually, Dancing Queen's my favorite, my favorite Abba song. Uh, oh, Dancing, Dancing Queen's everyone's favorite. Fucking song. banger! It's a great song. You have to re-fucking write the entire list now. I hadn't even thought about. it. <laughs> this is a question I'm going to ask uh, in different forms, but I'm going to ask it a few times mm-hmm. over the course of this podcast. Matt, what were you doing with your life when you were three years old? I don't fucking know. Mm. I was three. Theo Porsche was already carting at three years old. And insists that he had already decided he was going to one day be F1 world champion at that time. So basically, Teo Porcher is on record as saying he's a fucking liar. Quite possibly, if that's nice. what you want to go for. Maybe he's just a genius prodigy kid who already had his dreams planned out at the age of three. No one has the mental capacity to understand that Formula One's a thing at the age of three. Maybe Teo Porcher does. No. Or did. Past tense. Don't buy that in the slightest. Maybe he's an alien. And just has a higher level of that. I, that I would believe. That's yeah. that's plausible. That's fair. We're gonna go with the alien chat. Yeah. Well, he, the most he reasonable. all of his influences are like the basic nondescript influences that an alien would choose to fit in with human society. Because all of his favorite, you know, inspirations are Schumacher, Hamilton, Cristiano Ronaldo, LeBron, and Roger Federer. Those are his favorite athletes. It really turning me off Teo Porsche. Oh, mate, you've got no idea. He also plays basketball, football, and he boxes. That's cool. Reasonable. His favourite person on the F2 grid is uh, Lundgaard, with whom he often shares McDonald's. See, this has turned me back on to Porsche. Yes, but alas, he loves Call of Duty. That's okay. His favourite city to travel to is Miami. And his favourite artist, that's all right. his that's favorite all right. artist is Drake. He knows every single Drake song off by heart. That's not great, but that's just... Every that's single just, one, Matthew. That's just the kids. It's a lot days, of songs. They, they, I mean, I can respect... See, I respect the craft. I'm not... I'd much rather he was like, I know every... Pretty much any other artist's song. But, like, I can... If you know all of the songs by any artist, mm. that's, like... I can't even claim to know all of the songs by Aurora. So, like, that's that's a level of dedication. There's a much so, smaller like, discography than Drake. It is a much smaller... I'm saying. He's got still, a genius brain. This kid's a fucking... I mean, look, he, if he... F2 driver, plays basketball, football, and boxes. He's clearly just... Uh, I don't know how he has that much time on his hands. He must have zero social life. The word you're looking for is he's a dick. No one likes an overachiever. Yeah, fucking knows. I mean, imagine being successful. It's honestly disgusting. Yeah, it shouldn't be allowed. Did you know that Jolien Palmer was the last man to have won the uh, F1 feeder competition title from a team that isn't Prema or ART? 
All I know is that I don't really have a response here, but there is one audio clip that I'm expecting to find in there if I ever listen to this episode. Doubt you will. Uh, I doubt I'll listen to it too, but if I do and it's not there, um, we won't be friends anymore. And I'm going to leave it to you to figure out what that audio clip is. We're not friends, we're colleagues. Well, we'll cease being colleagues then. (laughs) (laughs) See? This that is was the, the first one. genuine this smile. This is the chat. See what I mean? You touched me, you fuck. Don't fucking, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> fucking hold me back, bro. Hold, hold me, me back. back. <laughs> ben, uh, get out of here. Hold me back. Man, that's a sponsor I'd like one day. Jimmy <laughs> Tatro, Real Bros of Simi Valley. Straight up not having a good time <laughs> right now. Okie doke. High-key irked. Irked adjacent. Not quite yet. But... The main event for this podcast is we are going to look at the F3 grid of this past year and take a look at who will likely or possibly be getting the upgrade to the Formula 2 Yeah, Toth, grid. future world champion. He got zero points this season. Big things. Toth is shit. He's one of the guys who I did not write down in my list of potential candidates. Did you have a Yeeny? No. What about Anferny Simons, twin brother <laughs> Anferny Simons? <laughs> no, I didn't have Anferny uh, Simons. Villa Gomez? No. De Garris? No. Van der Helm? Uh, maybe. Actually, oh, I started taking notes on Van der Helm. I think I stopped halfway through because I realized there wasn't a whole much of a point. But regardless, okay, we're going to start off with the few guys who have already been linked. Or, in the case of Clement Novelak, already been signed. Oh, I don't think Clement has a hope of being on the grid next season. No chance at all. If you ask me, <laughs> how likely do I think it is that Clement Novelak is on the F2 grid next year? And I have to give it a letter grade. Mm-hmm. Probably a D minus. Yeah, you'd like to give yeah, Clement Novelak the nah, D. I you just, like your young not, French Not people. very high. So Clement Novelak will be racing for MP Motorsport for the final two races of this season, as well as through that all of 2022, true. replacing Lirims and Delhi. Oh no, anyway. Uh, look, it, it hurts my soul. You know how much I love Liram Zimdeli and his Albanian cooking. He's a nice guy. He, well, he was a nice guy. So glad that'll be gone. I hope he uh, thrives in future. But Novelak, he's a 20 year old Frenchman from Avignon. He uh, finished third on 147 points with four podiums in this season's F3 season. He um, 12th in F3 2020. He's a champion of the British F3 in 2019 with Carlin. Fifth in the Castrol Toyota Series in 2018. Two wins and three top three finishes in karting. Matthew, what are your thoughts on this young man? Yeah, he's not bad. He's not bad? No, um, yeah, Strong no, chat. Novel- Strong <laughs> chat. Novelak is definitely one of the guys I'm higher on. Obviously, as you said, 12th uh, two seasons ago with two podiums, and he improved that drastically to three podiums this year, 147 points at that. But the biggest thing, he only had four races where he failed to score points. Three of those were at Spielberg in the Austrian round. Not Can't remember exactly what happened to him there, but obviously just a ride off a weekend. Otherwise, the only race he failed to score points in was race one at Zandvoort. Um, so that is just, that's a, that's a very high level of consistency. Um, that's not good. If he doesn't like the banked corners, he's going to struggle at Jeddah because Jeddah's got some fat banked corners. How the hell do you have banked corners on a fucking regular street? I don't know, but they're more banked than Indianapolis, less banked than Zanvoort slightly. Okay. More banked than Indianapolis just means there's a bit of camber. Indianapolis is basically flat. Then why was it made? Why was it brought up as a point on the official F one website? Well, I mean, it's called bank like that, but that's not. It's like Westpac. It's like it's a bank, but it's not really a bank. 
I mean, see, okay, Indi I mean, Indianapolis is banked. It's probably, I don't know exactly what, you know what, let's, I'm going to find out what the degree of banking. Indianapolis banking angle. What angle is the banking? Uh, the banking is 9.2 degrees, which I suppose that's that, but like that's that's very acute. That's not mm. a particularly steep banking at all. Mm. Um, and that, because like if you compare that to, let's say, a Daytona, which is banked at 31 degrees, and even like the triable section of Daytona is banked at 18 Right. So, like, the main straight of Daytona is twice as banged as the turns at Indianapolis. I see. The back straight at Daytona is two degrees, which is, you know, a quarter of the bank at Indianapolis. So the turn it's, 13 hairpin at Jetta is banked at 12 degrees. So, there you go. There you go. That is mm. fascinating. I wonder, whether, I wonder whether that's... I'll be interested to see that, whether that's looks I'm like I'm honestly getting pretty natural, keen for Jetta. Like, the natural, the natural, like, whether it's a bit like, say, like, the Monaco hairpin kind of thing, and it's a bit mm. more, or whether they've made it banked, and whether they've got some sections of, like, purpose-built racetrack. But some street circuits yeah. do, they'll have little bits of... So that'll be, that, yeah, that's, that's piqued we'll, we'll, my interest. We'll talk about it a bit more later on when we preview Jetta, but... Clement Novak, he's a guy who you expect to succeed in F2 straight away, or it would take a bit of time? I don't know whether he'll succeed straight away, but he, he has the tools to. There's mm -hmm. definitely guys on this list, like I'm pretty sure we'll be getting some later, mm -hmm. but the two guys who finished ahead of him in the championship, I am higher on, and there's a few guys who are lower down in the standings who I'm probably also higher on. But I probably have... I probably have Novak in my top five guys. Um... Out of F three, strong from this okay. season. So yeah, he'll be he'll be there or thereabouts. It'll be I'm I'm very interested to see what he does in these two races, getting his early head start on possibly some of the other guys for next season. It's a good point. A bit of extra time in the car. Speaking of which, his new teammate. Actually, no, he's not his new teammate. Same teammate, but in a, in a, in a new, in a new team. car. Jack Doohan will also race for MP Motorsport, replacing world champion. A likely irked Richard Vashore. Um <laughs> Doohan won four races and took six podiums on a route to finishing second in the F3 this season. He's an 18-year-old Australian from the Gold Coast, so he's probably a criminal. He, um, <clears throat> he won two Australian karting titles. He got one top three finish in Europe. He was second in the F3 Asian Championship in 2019 and 2020. He's a Red Bull Academy driver. Shout out to his profile on the Red Bull page. They have him as being born in 2003, which is correct, but have his career start in the year 2000, which I'm not sure is quite <laughs> bang on. So uh, good from Helmut Marco there. His dad is obviously uh, Nick Dillon. There we are. I was going to see whether that was some Five-time world champion in MotoGP, and he allegedly already wow. has multiple offers from F2 teams because wow. he hasn't signed on from MP for MP for Technically, next season. you said was false. Nick Dillon's number one. Oh. 500cc world titles, which became okay. MotoGP. Okay. But it wasn't technically okay. MotoGP at the time. Let's move on. So I'm just going to um, No, I refuse to move on from this. For sure. Uh, for sure. For sure. He for already sure. allegedly has multiple offers from F2 teams. 
he hasn't signed on for MP for next season, just for the last two races. But assumingly, you would assume that MP is one of those guys, teams offering him position. But at the same time, he came second. So you'd think he'd probably be getting offers from the top teams as well, like your Collins and your Premiers. Right. I assume you like this kid. Yes. So last season, as in the 2020 season mm-hmm. in F3, when Jack Tewin was at HW Race Lab, he scored zero points. And that included, I'm pretty sure, one race where I can't remember whether it was he had a good qualifying to put him up the front or whether it was he qualified just in the right spot. But he had like a near front row start, I'm pretty sure. And then just tanked it. So, because that was the one thing I was like, yeah, because HWA, I mean, as as we see that, they are one of the the smallest teams on the grid. They're Mm -hmm. not a particularly strong performer. Oh, they got 44 points this season. They outscored Campus, Yenza, and Carlin. So (laughs) not not woeful, but yeah. So uh, HWA is not one of the stronger teams on the grid. Um, I think, I think, did Jake Hughes drive? Jake Hughes might have driven for them last season. Jake Hughes was doing all right in that car. But yeah, Doohan, Doohan struggled a lot. Um, and I was a bit like, ah, oh, you know, I want him to be doing good, but this is a little underwhelming. Um, and then he came out this season, he's moved to Trident, which I like. I don't necessarily know what to make of that at F3 level, if that was F... Trident's very good F2. in F2. They're very good F3. in F3, um, as evidenced by the fact they had second and third in the championship. Indeed. Um, and the same thing, Novelak moved to Trident, and that's really helped his uh, career. And he just came out and instantly it was like, oh, here we go. He's actually a contender this time, as you said. Yeah. Four four wins, two poles, the fastest lap, seven podiums. Second in the championship. He got his first win on the same weekend as... Um, oh, fuck, I've forgotten his name. Um, Remy Gardner, Wayne Gardner's son, and oh, also nice. the son of Troy Bayless. So that was the sons of the three sort of... Oh, oh, I don't know whether they're OGs, but the three sort of big names of Australian motorcycle racing in the 90s... Uh, 2000s era, sort of before Casey Stoner came along. Yeah. These kids, if they race bikes, are probably, I'm guessing, another half decade to a decade away from relevance. Um, yeah, and they all won their first uh, ever races at, like, a world sort of championship level. It's very cute. Um, on the same weekend, which was random and cool. And, yeah, doing, doing there was a few points in time where it looked like he was starting to get a bit of a run on Hauga and could be a real chance for the title. Didn't work out that way, but yeah, no, I think he's, I mean, you know, nothing's guaranteed, but you'd assume he's got some decent backing just in terms of his quality. He's in the Red Bull Academy. I imagine they'd probably want him there. I don't see why they wouldn't. So I would expect to see him there. Obviously, he's got these two or one weekend. It's only one weekend confirmed for now, I think, but I, uh, I, yes. I imagine it'll end up being both weekends for MP. Whether that sees him at MP next year or whether they go with possibly one of their more traditional routes and put him in a high-tech or a column, which yep. is where they've often seemed to have placed their drivers the last few there years. There are a lot of Red Bull Academy kids, though. That will remain to be seen. Um, well, we'll get to that on a future show, but I reckon not all the current Red Bull guys in F2 will be there next season. Also true, but I mean, also in F3, there are a lot of Red Bull Academy kids in F3 as well who will be looking for a seat. Oh, absolutely. But Dylan, there's only one who I think has a better chance of having a seat than Jack Dylan. That's fair. And that one's pretty obvious. Yep. Johnny Edwards. Edgar. Sorry, Johnny Edgar. Johnny Edwards. Don't know Agreed. who Johnny Edwards is. Yep. But uh, you're actually right, it is Johnny Edwards. He's the one. 
Yeah, it's 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 always Johnny Edwards. He, he is the one, the oh, ace, the only. He's the king. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know where right. he came from. So he's yeah, he's he's good. He's talented. He's he young. is. He's sponsored by Alpine Stars as well, extreme sports and motorsport gear, as well as Invicta Finance and Jetcraft, who sell aeroplanes. He is sponsored by aeroplanes, Matthew. Jack Doohan has got aeroplanes in his back pocket. It's not bad. Carry Jack Doohan's good. We've established that. Next man up, we've got a guy making his debut with HWA Race Lab in Jeddah. It's Logan Sargent. The newest addition to the Williams Academy. He'll be replacing Jay Hughes for HWA. Big sad. Indeed. Actually, just but, before we go on, a big sad for Richard Vashore. Are you sad to see him go? Oh, absolutely. We all know um, how much I like Vashore. Yeah. But I'm not fully surprised. We knew from the very start that he was a, oh, will he have the funding to make it through a whole season? Yeah. I not guess, quite. unfortunately, the answer was no. It's a shame because he delivered them a win. He did. Which was, you know, that's a pretty big deal. A few good performances along, along the way. Definitely. So, who knows? It's like, we've seen Boston can is a testament to the fact that just because you run out of money once doesn't mean you can't find money and run out of it again. This is true. And find it and not run out of it eventually. What's, and that's, to, it's that Corsican delicatessen, mate. I'm telling you, they're, they're holding him down. There's a um, reason why I brought it up. It's fucking, it's, it's, it's super. But yeah, I'll sad to not see for sure on the grid, but I've can see for sure being back next season or down the line somewhere or doing well in other other championships. Other and categories. at the end of the day, who am I more excited to have on the grid for sure or Jack Dillon? It, it's Jack Dillon. Are you excited to have Logan Hunter Sargent on the grid though? 20-year-old American from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He finished seventh with 102 Florida. points. Which, uh, you know, is it pales in comparison to Dylan, but it was Sharu's highest and ever points tally. That's, that's the key factor here. In F3, and he got their first ever win in that category, along with four podiums. He came third in F3 in 2020 with Prema, has raced three seasons in F3, making him one of the more experienced drivers at that category. His brother, Dalton Sargent, is an American stock car pro racer who has competed in NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Which is their tier three. I see. Very nice. Uh, Logan came second in F4 UAE 2017, third in British F3 in 2017, and he came third in the Macau Grand Prix in 2019. He has raced karting for eight years across the US and Europe. He has 12 championship wins, mostly in America, and eight further top three finishes. Pretty decent. Pretty impressive. You know, like, that's a pretty decent resume. Yes. Does he have the talent to back it up? Yes, I would probably have Logan Sargent graded as my second best on the F3 grid. Really? I don't necessarily you have like Dewan? admitting that. Doohan, I would have graded third. Third, okay. So if you've got Novelak as a top five, you've got Doohan third, Sargent yeah. second. We've got okay. well, two, to, two to find out. Indeed, well, and Dennis Hag is first. Obviously. We don't know that for sure. Oh, sorry, Johnny Edgar's first. Uh, That's I've already told you, it's uh, old mate Toth. Oh, right, yeah, Toth. It's the fucking Hungarian, for sure. Sorry, shit. So you've got Sergeant second. Yes. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Um, personally, <laughs> as someone who I will definitely say, I was more across the F3 for the entirety of last season when there was just that group. It was every weekend, and there wasn't much else on when Formula 1, the circus, came back last year. The circus. So it was a lot easier, obviously, as this year's gone, there's more things. I've not... So I definitely missed a few rounds of the F3 this season. But uh, last year for mine, on pace, pure raw pace alone, 
Well, again, Sargent was the fastest guy out there. Uh, so he was faster than Piastri when mm. he was on. Piastri got it by consistency and having luck at the end. Things sort of fell to pieces for Logan Sargent. In the last couple of rounds, I think you could probably remember me being a little bit celebratory. As you I were a little bit. You were very celebratory. There was that point of the championship where I was like, something needs to go wrong for Sargent. For yes. And then it did, and I was like, fuck Yes, get spun the fuck out, you American twat. Mm-hmm. But um, since he's come back this time around, and he's not in Prema, being a being, can you confirm? Yes, that's thing. He wasn't even sure he was going to be on the grid for a while this season. Sort of the thing out with Sharus, and then he's really just driven the wheels off the thing. And while it is only 102 points and seventh in the championship, as you said, the fact that is Sharus's highest ever points tally. He was comfortably, comfortably ahead of any of his teammates mm-hmm. on a week in week out basis. Delivered them their first win. I think in many ways this was a bigger statement of his talent than last season was. As I think he's been signed by the Williams Academy. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it almost an absolute certainty he will be on the grid next year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, whether or not he will be at a level that he's going to make it to Formula 1 remains to be seen. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm high. I think there's no chance that Sargent's not on the grid for next season. I think based off... I've never seen him race, but based off his stats, he is definitely talented enough to one day make it to the top of the sport, but he doesn't have any major sponsorship, which is a, not ideal, obviously. Duan's got a lot of sponsors. Novelak has a wine sponsorship, Le Grappe, or Les Grapes. So, you know, without that major backing, he'll struggle. The Grapes, but, my favourite one. But Williams is obviously, you know, it's good to be in an academy, so shout out to it Williams. It is good to be but, uh, in an academy. But the next guy... Is Novelak academy No. He's, he's a free no, agent? He is indeed. One of the better free agents available, you would say. But uh, the next guy up is Ollie Caldwell. Now, Ollie he will be replacing Caldwell. David Beckman at Campos for the final two races this season. Indeed he will. Beckman had a real good run there at Campos. I think, what, two races? Sorry, two race weekends, I believe, in total. Something like that. Got to enjoy the uh, the Spanish hospitality, was it, that he liked so much? Really that rings liked. a bell as well. Yeah, yeah. felt like he was a family for him and then got dumped. Yeah. Uh, love to see it. I know. Anyway. Yeah, I know you're, a, you're not a big Beckman guy. Not a huge Beckman guy. Not a, not a Beckman? Not a... <laughs> <clears throat> I will see myself out. That was good. We've got Ollie Caldwell, Prema driver number two, 19-year-old from Farnham. Hampshire, according to his own website. Hampshire. Sorry, I don't give a shit. According to his own website, he is a performer beyond his years who has been pushing barriers and breaking records his whole life. He finished eighth this season with one win and four podiums with 93 points. He came third in the 2018 Italia F4 Championship, powered by a bath. Fifth in Formula Regional European Championship in 2019 for Prema. He is sponsored by a yacht company a helmet company, and an eyewear company, and he describes his race style as very calm, very collected, very smooth. Do those things ring true, Matthew Hume? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah? So. He's calm, collected, he, and smooth? He's, so he's not academy either? Nope. No. Mm. See, Caldwell's one I would feel a little bit lower on in terms of how much I think he would be getting there, or I'd be wanting to get there, but very obviously the fact that he's getting these races mm. at the back end of this season bodes well, it you does. would think, because he'll have, well, A, experience in the car, B, you'd assume... But in say, I didn't get in saying that. 
Jay Hughes filled in two rounds around at the end of last season for HWA, and he didn't. Yeah. So maybe not, but but yeah. Jake Hughes is kind of a different beast in and of itself. Like Jake Hughes, but J- I'd argue Jake Hughes has achieved more at F three level than a league order. Yeah, well, Jake Hughes was he 27, 28? Isn't uh, he? Yeah, Jake Hughes is older. Yes. Yes. Ollie Caldwell is nineteen from that is, Farnham in that Hampshire. Is, that is fair. That is fair. <laughs> yeah, look, we've got to we've got to get a hustle on because the KFC is going through me pretty quickly. Um, no now, one needed to know that. <laughs> So, Ollie Caldwell finishing 8th in the Prema. In theory, the Prema is the best car in F3? Yes. So, that isn't actually... That's not great. That's not tremendous. It's ahead of his other teammate, whom I'm assuming we're going to get to. We will indeed be getting to Arthur Leclerc. And it's behind his other teammate, who I can't imagine we'd need to talk about. Because he's not very important. Wouldn't be called dead. Regardless, the next man up is another Australian. This man's from Perth. It's Callan slash Kalen Williams. I don't know how you pronounce it. But he will be driving postseason tests. With Trident. See, this one confuddles me. Confuddles? Obviously. I'm oh, sorry. I'm stop- if you want to give your background, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but he, this uh, one confuddles he's me. Driven, he, he drove for two seasons with Jenza. Is it Jenza or Jenza? I think it's Jenza. Okay, it was Jenza Motorsport. He took his maiden podium in I race one. I think it's Spanish. Le Castellet this season. He... It's in France, dude. It's Le Castellet. I don't give a shit. Le Castellet. And they say I'm the racist one towards the French. No, I, no, I just don't give a shit. Properly. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not debasing their culture. I just don't give a shit. I'm Australian. I'll say you, you don't give enough of shit. You don't. It's like people who come to my. I work at a properly. Chinese restaurant. The people who come into my restaurant and order a, can I get an Asahi beer, please? You can fuck off. No one. You just say Asahi. Like no one's gonna judge you if you say Asahi. We know what you mean. Like you don't have to pronounce it in some fancy way. It's unnecessary, and you look like a pretentious. Yo. In any case, Callan. Slash Kalen Williams finished nineteenth with fifteen points with one podium. I was about to say he ran out of talent, but I don't necessarily know if he ever had talent to begin with. But his website catchphrase: driven, determined, ambitious, all in capitals. He's very he's very bold. This young man. He's a twenty one year old from Perth. He has competed in Euro Formula and Spanish F three since two thousand and seventeen. I did some reading up about him. He's always showed potential. But not a lot of actual results. He's never yes. been in a top team. Yep. Yenza, I not a not a top good, team. Yeah, not a top team. His biggest result was a first in 2017 Australia F3 F3 Championship, a second in the 2016 Western Australian Formula Four Championship. Also, he has two wins and four podiums in 29 F1 esports race entries. So, uh, shout out to that. He is also sponsored by LaserSafe. An operation protection system mm. for press breaks and related sheet metal machinery, a legal group, a logistic solutions group, and Grand Toyota Wangara, which is a dealership. Nice. Mm. In Wangara. In Wangara, yeah. yeah. Nice. Exactly. Not enough really Australian sounding <laughs> companies there, it's a bit disappointing. Although obviously Grand Toyota Wangara are very Australian too. Oh absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Is that your is that your background on Kayla Williams son? Yeah, so let's nail it on that podium. Was that a lucky podium or a genuine podium? Wasn't one on the ground. I don't think I watched the front. Well that's round, really but disappointing. But I, I would even if it was genuine, it's still lucky because it's his only podium. I see. He's never shown anywhere near that. Um and uh it was in also in all likelihood, it was in race one, which means it was reverse grid qualifying. So he, I imagine he qualified somewhere between ninth to twelfth, which isn't terrible by any means. But like that's sort of the upper end of he's. That's a great qualifying for him, and then it's put him that. And it's one of those things he's just managed to hold his position, which no disrespect to that, but yeah, 
David Beckman surely couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, and if we have a look at where he got them, maybe I did watch the Castellet. It's too long ago, I don't remember it. He then only got, he, yeah, he got, he held on for his points, three points in the second race, and then he didn't score at all on the feature race. So yes. it's a weird one because obviously he's got that test, but I don't know whether that's just because he's been at a, I imagine something like that. He's, I mean, obviously any of these guys are forking out a bit of cash for that, but I imagine this is literally just rather than that, that he's probably just gone, hey guys, I'll give you, you know. 20k or whatever it is, you let me run at the test, and they've gone. Yeah, we could use that. Have a deal. Um, <laughs> more so, more so than yeah. more so than like, you know, them just like, he's not an Alessio Toledo level, but like mm. I, all these other guys who have got this, obviously they've got some sort of thing or like a factory backing like sergeant to put them there. But they're all the four previous names you've mentioned are all guys that teams will be going. Well, if they can sort out a package to you know give us the funds to run, we'd like to have this driver because he'll deliver results for us. Mm. Whereas to me, Kalen Williams screams future midfield pack runner in supercars back home in Fair Australia. Enough. I don't, I don't know for sure. Cause I'm like, I don't quite know enough of that, whether or not him having made it all the way to F3 is like further up the totem pole than some others have made it in the past. Guys like James Courtney and Craig Lounge. But then I'm like, I'm pretty sure James Courtney had F1 tests. Like he was very, he was ridiculously close. And, you know, I mean, James Courtney is a super former supercars champion, but like, yeah, to me, Kalen Williams kind of screams as a bloke who in a few more teams, maybe when he's continued to not deliver results, the big money in Europe will likely dry up. Well, he, he scored, he outscored his teammates at, uh, at Yenza over there. So. They're both not very good. <laughs> Not um, a big Jonathan Hoggard fan? No. Hey, Jonathan Hoggard uh, has n- not a lot of relevant things to talk about. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I can see Caleb Williams finding his way back to probably most, well, just within Australia if he chooses to continue down that path or he may just go off into something else in life. So Fair enough. Yeah, not huge on Williams, considering he came 19th in the championship. That would be a massive long shot. Let's talk about Johnny Edgar, a fellow Brit. A young British man, a 17-year-old from Matt's favourite place, Whitehaven. Now, he finished... See what you did there? Yes, because you're a racist c- Yow! Now, just before that, uh, before we even give you spiel, mm. uh, long, long term, could be a different story, but in terms of next season, I have one word for you. Mm-hmm. No. 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 Strong. Won't be anywhere near it. Nowhere near after. I'll write down no. Not in the slightest. <laughs> okay, he uh, finished 18th with 23 points for Carlin Buzz. I, I, Carlin Buzz a good team in this category? Carlin Buzz. Why are they called Carlin Buzz in this category, but just Carlin in F2? Uh, they're Carlin Buzz. I think they're Carlin Buzz in IndyCar as well. Okay, that's um, whack as fuck. Just an extraordinary level of sponsor. Interesting. Fair um, enough. But yeah. Four uh, wins in karting and seven further top three finishes for Mr. Edgar. He won ADAC F4... In 2020, he came fourth in the 2018 Italian F4. He's been a Red Bull junior driver since 2017. His motto is live life at full throttle. Good for you, bud. That's just a discount version of Colin McRae's. Indeed. He is the fourth generation of Edgars to race in karting and the 13th member of his family to compete professionally. Driving is in his goddamn blood and he's sponsored by Thorpe Fitness, which has zero online presence. The British Racing Drivers Club, D. Tolson & Sons, which is a tarmac-laying service, 
And... Oh, it's topical to the uh, sport. Indeed. Nice. And J. Edgar and Sons, a used car dealership, presumably owned by his dad. Has he impressed you at all? No. No! Not even a little bit? Not he's 23 really. points. He's, he's just... Yeah, he's one of those guys down the back. But that, that's, as I said, not a chance for next season, but so that because... Jack Dillon didn't score a point in 2020, and yeah. he almost won the world championship this season, and I think he's one of the... So it's it's hard for me to say, and yeah, he was far enough down the pack, I wasn't necessarily... So, I yeah, there's Not no yet. way Edgar's moving up yet. Not yet. But, you know, with the local level of Colin Hyde, like, winning ADAC F4 is no joke, so it wouldn't surprise me if he steps up into one of the better teams. Not the Kyle's necessarily a bad team, but into a more top team. A Trident, ART, um, Prema, yep. one of those seats, and Lord knows, or even um, MP, I think. Yeah, I think it was MP. Is it MP? Yeah, MP had the Alpine guys, right? Like Kyo Collette, and that was MP, right? I, uh, think. I think so. I'm not yeah. too sure. Well, we'll go with yes. I'm okay. pretty sure. Um, so one of those teams, and that, and I, Lord knows I think there'll be plenty of seats available at those, then it wouldn't surprise me if he's a frontrunner for the title next season. But okay. in terms of being F2 in 2022, not going to happen. All right. Well, this is F2 for you. We are focusing on the F2 grid. Another unlikely name, but a, a guy I wanted to bring up because I didn't... He had a bit of a splurge... Not a splurge. Jesus Christ, Deshaun. A blurb written about him on the F3 website. is Ayumu Iwasa, who's a 20-year-old Japanese man from Osaka. So he is a he was a rookie this season in F three. He finished twelfth with fifty two points and outscored both his teammates, fellow rookies Jack Crawford and Roman Stanek over at High Tech. Yes, he is a Red Bull Junior driver. He won the twenty twenty Championnat de France F four by eighty one points yeah, over bad. his nearest competition. He came eighth in the twenty twenty one F three Asian Championship, second in Super FK Suzuka Series in the same year. There is little to no information on his karting career. According to Red Bull, he won two karting titles in Japan. I'm not sure if that's just bullshit on Red Bull side or not. It is impossible to source. He is Honda-backed, and he's one of those guys who kind of came into the sport a late. He's not like a Theo Porsche coming in when he's three years, four years old. He kind of came in, in in his teen years. How did he look to you this season? Is I mean, that. Well, yeah, I mean, he won a race. Not bad. And he had another podium to boot with that. Like, 12th place isn't staggering in the championship, but for a rookie rookie season, not a terrible point. I mean, that's the thing. You look, consider all the guys who are up the top. I believe Hauger might have even been in the high-tech last season, and he was more or less mid-low pack in the championship. World champion this season. Yeah. Doing, didn't score a point. Second. Novelak was 12th, just like Awasa. Third. Mm-hmm. Vesti was obviously up there last season, but he was in a premier. Um, yeah, so the top three in the championship were all guys who were in middle, lower quality teams in their first season. But then, you know, they got the running. People knew they had the talent in there. They got the chance in the top teams, as they often will. Like the more established guys in their second and third seasons will normally have the top seats. And then after that couple of seasons, you know, and when they have their good performance, they'll step up, as I imagine how they're doing and like are all going to do. Those top seats become available. It's the guys like Awasa who then move into them, and then they get their turn mm-hmm. to show their shine. Not everyone can be, you know, the likes of a Piastri, George Russell type and be the one and done as yeah. they go through a succession of winning, you know, an F4 title, followed the next year by an F3 title, 
rather than actually buy an F2 title, rather than actually buy a seat as a reserve driver because uh, your team employs an old dude and a French guy who has a race win now, getting him a deal for life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... A bit of vitriol coming out there, Matthew, towards Esteban Ocon. We, we, we know my position <laughs> on um, Piastri, and I think he's in a very good spot. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Owasa's uh, so a guy yeah, who you think, think can make that step. Yeah, I, I think I think long term Owasa has very very solid prospects. Yeah, he won't be F two next year, but it wouldn't surprise. He'd be one of my definitely. I think early contenders probably to be competing for this title in F three next season. Mm. Okay, to be competing for F three next season. Ayumu Owasa, shout out to the young mm. man himself, youngish for F three, twenty years old. Goddamn. Now I'm gonna. I didn't do this in any order whatsoever. I'm definitely just winging it, but. The next guy I'm going to bring up is uh, a guy I'm very interested in. Talent-wise, future-wise, I think he's a guy who could go all the way. Just spoilers. It's Kayo Jota Kalei. I was about to say, to me, to me, there is five more names that should be on your list. He was one of them. Yes. And maybe maybe six if we include one of them. No, there's plenty more names, mate. Uh, 19-year-old Brazilian from Sao Paulo. He came ninth on 93 points with two podiums. He is an Alpine Academy guy. He came sixth in the 17-18 F4 UAE Championship. He won the 2018 Championnat de France F4. He came fifth in the 2019 Formula Renault Euro Cup. Seventh in 2020 Castrol Toyota, Toyota Racing Series. Second in the 2020 Formula Renault Euro Cup. He is one of three rookies to make it into the top 10 in F3 this season. I don't know who the other two are. He uh, never won a season they should both be on your list, so it shouldn't be that hard to work it out. I can't be asked. Never won a season in karting, but he finished top three in five seasons. He came third in his first ever international karting championship, beating the likes of current F2 drivers Lungard and Guillaume Samaya, who's not really relevant, but whatever. <clears throat> uh, he has one podium and nine entries in professional F1 esports, so multifaceted guy. And the, the thing for me is he's got backing. Like this kid, he's backed by Richard Mill. Arguably the biggest watch company in the world. Estrella. <laughs> they make... Ah, more, yeah, fair. They make also, the beers. you know, Rolex. Fuck Rolex. Richard Mill are very, very big. My question to that is, have Richard Mill ever made a Formula One engine? Because neither are Tag Heuer, <laughs> okay. but they've been named as one. Okay, all right. Red Bull Tag Heuer when they were in that massive uh, year with Renault. Never okay. forget. Oh, okay. Uh, Estrella, who make beers. You may have heard of them. DXT Commodities, an international commodities trading house, Matrix, an energy supplier, and Pyramidal, thermoplastic resin supplier. So the kid has backing. He's got maybe not groundbreaking talent based on those stats, but enough talent to be pretty fucking good. The hope for Brazilian motorsport, Matthew Hume. It's a weird one. He sounds very French, doesn't he? But he's Brazilian. He's Brazilian. Super um, Brazilian. Okay, straight to the back. Kaya Collette won't be an F2 next year. I'd be really? absolutely shocked if he is. However, I would probably, based off the guys I think will make the step up and who will be left on the grid, I reckon Kaya Collette is a very firm chance to be the favorite for next year's championship in F3. Okay. Um, he's definitely someone in the early rounds when I was watching a lot more of F3. He's a name. He was. He didn't always. Wasn't always producing the absolute results, but he was always. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Re, redo that one. That was yeah, shocking. Sorry. That was that was me like half. Oh yeah, no, I know. We don't want that yeah. to be on. on sorry. Record. Yeah, he wasn't always necessarily converting directly to like top results, but he was always sort of in that frame along with his teammate Victor Martins, who was one of the other rookies in the top ten. Mm-hmm. 
and then you know some some kid called Arthur Leclerc. You may have heard what of him. That fucking guy. Um, we'll waste. <laughs> so yeah, um, top I, ten talent on this year's grid. Did you say talent? Like actually talent? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would put so he's outside my top five, but I'd probably be putting Colette. I'd probably have him ahead of Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to think whether there's anyone. Yeah, I so I'm gonna say probably seventh in my talent rankings. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll go with that. I've got one. Yeah, we're gonna go with we're gonna go with seventh. We're gonna seventh. lock in seventh for Kyle. Seventh Collette. for Kyle Collette. Alright. Seventh. And Coldwell, are you locking in now, Coldwell Yeah, I'll lock Coldwell into eighth. I'll lock Coldwell into eighth. Right. I think he is better at this stage than a couple others. Two okay. others. And I'm gonna lock I'll lock I'm happy to lock Iwasa into tenth. Ooh, are you Iwasa comes home with tenth? So why don't you think Colette is going to F two next season? I did, well, this, there's not going to be. It's not like there's not going to be enough seats. Okay. And that's a thing. Like I have him seventh on talent level. I don't like. I don't know for sure, but like seven rookies would already be a fairly sizable chunk. Um, I think the basis of the fact that a guy like Ollie Caldwell is already getting a drive yep. seems more likely that he'll be there. Maybe that, and he, it wouldn't. He is an Alpine Academy guy. He is an Alpine Academy guy, but they've got some other guys in that academy as well that they'll be looking to get space to mm-hmm. on that. Um, and I'm assuming we'll get into this there, but like someone like an Arthur Leclerc who was below him in the championship, but I just think Arthur Leclerc has a much better chance of being in the F2 grid next season. Mm-hmm. And I just also think, I mean, if he's sensible and like, if it sounds like he's got enough backing that it shouldn't be a danger, I think the more sensible thing for him, uh, stay in F3, do that second season just body it, you know. Yeah. Storm, so. storm, like a Dennis Alvarez. That's the thing. He's much. He finished much higher up the standings than say a Dennis Hager or someone did last season. But why not that? Contend for the title, if not win it next season, and then you're definitely taking the step up, rather than possibly moving up to F two with a whole host of other guys. Because that that's that's the other thing. If he moves up to F two next year. Not only because it's a typically unless you're one of the really really good rookies like Piastri, you're probably going to be outperformed by guys who are already in the category, as we've seen. Apart from Pia- Piastri's been the only one of the rookies, I would say to genuinely be able to race in and race out, hang with the likes of Schwartzman and Joe Lawson and Pochier, and that have shown it in flashes. But then they've had weekends where, through their own fault, not just through like Piastri's had some races largely through circumstances outside of control where things haven't gone that great. But like the other guys, sometimes it's through his, their own work, they've had really poor weekends. So, you know, when you're a rookie, you're not typically not good. That's just how it naturally works. Yeah. So if he comes up this year, it also means he's coming up with, you know, Hauger, Dewan, Novalak, possibly his teammate, Victor Martins, Logan Sargent, all of whom I think are better than him. Mm-hmm. So, in theory, all of them are already going to outperform him, plus a few of the guys who you'd expect to still be on the F2 grid. And so, all of a sudden, he's finishing maybe 12th on the F2 championship. Now, that's not terrible. Mm-hmm. You can happily finish 12th that season and then run it back in F2 again and be up in that. But, like, there's a greater level. Why not? 
you know, waited out a year, maybe graduate as the top prospect from your class and, you know, finish seventh or eighth, but also be like, hmm, well, he was the top, pro- you know, maybe maybe one other rookie beats me. Like, well, you know, and then he goes into the secondary season is that as one of the absolute favorites. Yeah. I guess so, it makes sense. Yeah. All right, well, there you go, Kai Collette, a man mm. to watch out for. Now, I'm going to do a couple of kind of low-end names before we get to the main, uh, I guess, the, the home stretch here, the, the main bunch. Yep. Uh, Lorenzo Colombo, a 21-year-old Italian from Legnano. I'm not going to try and pronounce the Italian way. Yep. It seems a bit too much. Can already see he had a podium in the back end of the season. Yeah, so he came 15th. He came 15th with 32 points for Campos, one podium, which doesn't, you know, jump off. Did not score until race 10 of the season. But neither of his teammates scored a single point, Cordial and Toth. So, you know, you score 32 yes. points more than your teammates. That's not bad. He came fourth in the 2017 Italian F4, sixth in the 2018 Formula Runner Euro Cup, then fourth in 2019 and fifth in 2020. He has one karting victory to his name and four top three finishes. Might be a name for next year in F3, won't be in F2. All right, never be enough. He won't make it. He's got no back. Oh, for I think he, he could be. He could be one of those guys who second season in F three mm-hmm. really takes that step up and that that. But like he's not going to be there next season, and I'm not super duper behind him. Certainly, as a okay. nothing you've seen kind of strikes out to you. It's never great when you finish behind Matan and Nini in the championship, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what was Danini driving? A car. <laughs> I'm actually not You're kidding. a fuckboy I'm assuming a HWA You're somehow you know? a virgin And a fuckboy At the same time And I don't understand Man of many talents <laughs> Okay And the other Don't um, talk to women Also a bit of a slot The other smoke You want to talk about Is Jack Crawford Now Yeah that's a name That makes sense Jack Crawford He is uh, He's 16 years old Now what is were you What were you doing old? When you were 16 years old Matthew Playing FIFA Playing FIFA. Well, Jack Crawford was uh, already winning pro esports races at 16. So, so we're go. basically the same person. Indeed. Both no, he's, from, uh, he's from Charlotte. No, Cal, North Carolina. He I think you'll find some... <clears throat> Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes, indeed. He finished 13th in F3 with 45 points for high tech. The second of the three rookies there. We won't be talking about Roman Starnik because there's no point. He has three wins in karting, six top three finishes. He came second in the 2019 Formula 4 NACAM Championship. I assume that's like North American Championship Championship. I don't know. NACAM. Yes, uh, it North, sounds, I'd imagine it would be sense, right? North yeah. American. Something, something, something. Yeah, uh, second in 2020 ADAC F4, which is pretty impressive. Mm. Third in 2021 Euro Formula Open, especially... Considering he would have been 15 when he came second in fucking F4 ADAC. The North and Central American. Nice. There you go. Rising star, racing star is his motto. I like that. Yeah, it's not bad. He, uh, he has a weekly Instagram series called Fast Friends. <clears throat> That's awkward. Watch out for the No Dunks lawsuit there, buddy. <laughs> where basically you can send in like a photo and he'll, he'll, mm. he'll just send you back the a thing signature. Is, I reckon he probably had it first. So Quite they possibly. should be watching That's out for the fair. Jack That's Crawford fair. lawsuit. But this kid has been, like, competing at a reasonable level since he was 14 years old, like, on an international state. Like, that's pretty fucking insane. So for two years. Yeah. He's a Red Bull junior driver as well already. So he's one of the young guys. Now, I don't necessarily think he gets promoted straight away, but future. He's He's no, but yeah. Look, I wasn't massively impressed by him, but he does have, as I said, he's got a podium in that. I think he's that same sort of crop as an Awasa and 
as I said, you know, a little bit maybe higher up than a Johnny Edgar and I'm putting Kyle Collette in sort of this thing is you could see him logically, whether or not he stays in high Turk or whether they move him to Premier like mm-hmm. they did with Dennis Hauger mm-hmm. and then instantly he'll be a title contender. Mm. And that's yep. sort of where I probably see him for next season. Yeah, arguably the... Uh... The brightest star. And America's got a few bright stars in the single seaters, obviously with Logan Sargent as well. Logan's brighter. Dude, he's 16, but and he's already doing all this shit. It's fucking insane. Yeah, but Teo Porcher was almost winning it at 16. That's true. Well, no one is. Well, Teo Porcher, as we have established, is an alien. That is true. Now, alien is uh, something that's foreign and unusual and a bit strange. Now, Where's this going? Now, your brother is Charles Leclerc and just a prodigious <laughs> talent. Surely it's a little bit foreign that you yourself are fucking trash. Now, Arthur Leclerc, not as good as Charles Leclerc. He has zero relevant carding results. His best result was second in Formula Regional European Championship. Okay, he's not trash. I'm. Uh, this is hyperbole, obviously. This is I'm, massive hyperbole. <laughs> he finished 10th with 79 points, third of the Prima Drivers. He came third in ADAC F4 in 2019. Um... You have already said that you think he'll be in F2 next year. Do you think that's on uh, merit or I don't know. I'm not saying I think he will be, but I'm saying I think there's a better chance someone he's there than, say, like a Kaya Collette. Right. Is that based on if talent we, or if reputation? We're getting... Or name value? Both. Mm. Um, so if we're getting... That's the thing. If we're getting to that number of rookies and that coming in and only from F3 and that, because, you know, you could plug some guys from Super Formula or... Mm-hmm. Someone who's just been out of it, like a Vips was last season and that. They know that. Um, it's a combination of both. So he had a lot of races where that. He didn't score any in the first four races. And then he had another three, five, six, six races out of six, nine, 12, 18, 20. So what was that? Let's just say nine, eight, eight or something out of 20 races. He failed to score points. Mm-hmm. For the it's a season. bit inconsistent. Yeah. yeah, so very inconsistent. But he also has two wins and a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and like those wins were some very good drives. And that a that he also had a tendency. He's qualifying. He needs to work on. To mine, he was often a decent way out of position in qualifying, which leaves him in a massive uphill battle because he was never in the pots of qualifying where the grids got reversed. That. So he was always starting outside the points anyway. Um, he had he had several drives that I can remember. I'm trying to think even if he's win, he might have gone through a bit of a drive through the pack and that. But I can definitely remember him having a couple of drives where even if he didn't that, he was like getting himself up from being like 23rd or even further back because he just something had happened to put him massively out. Like I think he had a couple where he might have like, I remember whether he had like, reason he didn't qualify or like disqualify from qualifying or just got spun on that but i can definitely remember at least one where he basically came from 30th i think he drove up to like actually i think it would have might it might have been something like he got taken out in race one of the weekend then he drove from like 30th to 15th in race two which is fucking great because you shit all yeah and then he was back to starting 14th or whatever for the feature race and just something went wrong and he didn't convert to points but like the drive from 30th to 15th was really good just for not, no points. Yeah. So he's got, that's a thing. He's got the raw pace and that's what you can't tell. Of the two sort of biggest skill sets in motorsport, pace, race awareness, you can teach someone to be race aware and better understand strategy and when to take the risk and when to play it safe and everything. You can't really teach someone to be fast. They're mm-hmm. either fast or they're not. 
and Arta Leclerc is fast. And based on that alone, and yes, obviously the fact he's got that name brand being Charles's brother and everything, that it, at the end of the day, that carries a certain level of clout. It that carries indeed. clout with sponsors and everyone, and that. And I think that combined with the fact that yes, he's horrifically inconsistent, and that needs to be worked on. But he has the talent, but he has the talent, and like you know, there are, there are guys who are in F two this season who definitely have less talent than Arta Leclerc does. Mm. So I don't know for sure if he'll be there. I could easily see... I wouldn't mind seeing him if it's possible, and I would assume with the Ferrari backing everything, it would be him to double back for a second season in Prema. And again, I know I've said this to a few people, if that's the case, I wouldn't surprise me. If, or I'd like to think he'd be competing for the championship mm-hmm. and have the more consistency the second time through. So yeah, Rain to be seen. He I have as my number... Nine ranked. Don't have any spots left here. I believe I've just got slots one, four, and six. Uh, well, you haven't if you haven't decided whether Novelak is fourth or fifth yet. Oh right, uh, Novelak's yeah. fourth. Novel, sorry, Novelak is fifth. So I've got one. I've got one fourth and one four and six. And there oh. should be. <coughs> God, well, there'll be those. I'm assuming there'll be those three drivers left to talk about and. Those three drivers. Um, possibly one of the drivers. Well, I just might force to talk about that one. Of the um, no, he's the guy. Who do you have? have seventh? Fucking. Oh, yeah. Colette. Colette. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. So, it is blank currently as it stands. First, fourth, we have sixth, it. Yes. Blank. Uh, not doing. Uh, blank Sergeant. Doing. Hmm. Blank. Novelak. Blank. Colette. Caldwell. Mm-hmm. What, uh, uh, Leclerc Owasa. Leclerc and Owasa. All right. Now, speaking of name value, David yeah. Schumacher. Like father, like son. Spoiler alert, not one of the guys in the top ten. Indeed. So, uh, David, uh, not as good as Mick as Ralph was not as good as Michael. That's the only thing I wrote down. No, that's a joke. He also uh, came 11th <laughs> I mean, with 55 points. Correct. Best result was second in F4 UAE in 2018. I'm just going to, like, skip over this because he's not very good. It's not that he's not very good. He's, yeah, clearly not as good talented as his cousin. Um, I wouldn't be totally shocked if he finds his way to F2 at some point. I don't know what level of backing he has, but just by virtue of being a Schumacher, I see him there, but I wouldn't really be expecting it for next season or whatever. Yeah. He did better this season than I believe he did last season. Well, that's good. That's good trajectory. Like, you know, neither of them have that. I mean, he does have, by the looks of it, two podiums and I think a fifth. You know, feature race, which isn't bad, but yeah. He, again, it took him until race eight of the season to score points when he got that. Actually, that's a win. He's a race win. There you go. There man, you fucking go. The man won a race, which is good. F3 but... uh, expert over here being surprised that a guy mm-hmm. won a race. Again, I openly will admit I didn't watch as much of the F3 season as, you know, that. But... Did you watch a lot of Alexander Smolia? Yes, I wasn't sure he'd make the list. He's the guy I was hoping would, but didn't think he would. Alexander Smolia. I fucking love Alex uh, Smolia. No? 20-year-old Russian from Yuzhno-Sakhalinsk, yes. yep. which is on the island of Sakhalin, which is near Japan. Yep. He came sixth with 107 yep. points for ART. Two wins in karting, second in Spanish F4 2017, yep. third in the 2017 SMP F4 NEZ Championship, yep. third in Formula Renault Euro Cup. I don't, I didn't read, I didn't write down the year for that one. That's that's okay. 
regardless. He came up, yeah, and he came 11th in F3 in 2020, up to 6th this season. He's backed by SMP Racing, which is a motorsport endurance team and a motorsport management group. So he's got We've backing, backed, he's got talent. Uh, Sportsman. Yes, he's got backing and he's got talent. How much talent does he have? Alex he's graded 11th on my talent rankings in F3, really? but... He is graded number one on my personal favorites list. I he see. He's my favorite driver in F3 this season. Interesting. And that, through a combination of the fact that so he um, has driven ART in both the seasons of F3. I've watched both these two seasons, this mm-hmm. year and last year. ART, as um, people who pay attention to this show should know, are my favorite junior Yes, team. yes, yes, they are. Um, typically my favorite drivers, unless there's someone like a Piastri, who I really, really like for obvious reasons mm-hmm. typically my favorite drivers are guys at art he was my favorite of the collection that were at art last season mm-hmm. and whilst he yeah and he remained that through largely through the fact that as much as i really love man one man korea it's kind of a little bit of a waste at this level to have your favorite driver be someone who through no real fault of his own it's through the other circumstances yes. that happened to him obviously with the crash yes. with um, oh fuck, I've blanked on his name. That's unfortunate. We all know what I'm talking about. The Antoine. Antoine Hubert. Yes. yes. At Spa in 2019. This was my memo careers. I'm assuming he's probably not on your list. But uh, no, I, I started yes. doing the research, but then I realized that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, since the pre the injury, so I'll talk about it now. Pre the injury, my memo career, I think was very, very good. Well, he was already in F2. Oh, a glittering karting career in a youth. Very, very he was talented. one. He was America's top prospect. Yeah. Post the injury, he had flashes this season, and maybe he'll continue to get better. But it's hard to see him ever getting back to where he was, unfortunately. But yeah, I much prefer Smolia to teammate Frederick Vesti, which meant he was my favorite on the grid, narrowly edging out Jack Dillon, which is impressive because Dillon is Australian. Yes, he is. And um, from the so Gold Coast, Smolia. I would really love it if he makes to F2, and I'm hoping that he just has some of that whiz-bang massive Russian backing that gets him there. You Toby pulls a Mazepin? <laughs> but, um, yeah, whether or not... Uh, yeah, there's guys I would have thought, and, you know, if I'm looking at him part, you know, objectively, I'd want to see that first. But it wouldn't surprise me if he does, because it sounds like he has decent enough backing. Yeah. And, he, yeah, he, 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 he's got a good level of talent. He's normally up there that about... He was fairly consistent in that. He only had, uh, I mean, like, you know. Okay, he, he, so because you've got him behind Leclerc on talent, but he outscored Leclerc by twenty eight points in a worse car. Yeah, but we're talking the second best car on the grid compared to the third best car. Wouldn't on the, the Trident be the second best car on the grid? I think it was the Trident had better drivers this season. I right. think the ART. I'd still take the ART probably over the Trident. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Regardless. Um. No. Yeah. Because I think there is more role of talent in Leclerc. Like, I don't think Leclerc maximized his potential this season, whereas I don't think Smolia can bat much higher than he did. Right. Fair enough. Okay. Fair um, enough. But I hope he, that's the thing, I hope he goes a little bit further. I'd love to see Smolia stick around. Big Smolia guy. I can respect that. All right. Well, you mentioned him already. Mm. Teammate Frederick Vesti, a 19-year-old Dane. Indeed. From Vele in Denmark. Me doing exactly what I criticized earlier and trying to pronounce something that I definitely cannot pronounce. Indeed. Uh, he Just came stick fourth. with the easy one, Copenhagen. Yeah, not from Copenhagen. He came fourth with 138 points for ART. Indeed. He has four wins in karting to his name. Yep. One further top three finish. He came second in the 2017 Danish F4 Championship. He came first 
in the 2019 Formula Regional European Championship. He came fourth in 2018. ADAC, he's sponsored by Heibel, a Danish construction company, Give Steel, a Danish steel manufacturer, FK Tradensturi, a Danish high-tech wire company, a safe-cracking company, an advertising agency, a photography company, and four or five more. I ran out of energy, so I didn't write the rest down. The kid is backed, and he's a Mercedes junior driver. He is. Where's that? Which is rather interesting. So, Frederick Vesti, the third of the Prima Trio from 2020. Right. Behind Piastri and Logan Sargent. He was the first to sort of fade out of title contention last season. Was clearly AIT's top driver and best hope this year, but very much cut behind Hager and Doohan. And in the end, he was narrowly uh, shaded out by Clement Novelak. He sits sixth He's in sixth my in talent rankings. And at this point, I imagine you, if not the viewer, but you, I imagine, know who drivers one and four oh, are. Absolutely. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know exactly where we're going with this. Yes. But uh, yeah, so it's the Mercedes backing that I think. It's is yeah. huge for Vesti. Um, Why do you think they chose him as, as the guy to go for? I, that I can't answer. I'm because I'm, I believe he was Mercedes Junior going into even last season, so I right. assume it's coming through his real like the raw raw Junior category stuff. I can't answer that question. Maybe it's just other teams got to other guys first than that. He's by no means a bad prospect. He's definitely got the ability. I just yeah, considering that's a thing. He was in title frame last season in his rookie season with Prema. And all three lads as rookies, Sargent, Piastri, and Vesti, and also Porsche, who was a rookie, that was sort of the title pitcher mm-hmm. for most of last season. Um, so you would expect... Vest, he you would have expected got, him to take the next step this season, and he didn't. Yeah, he sort of stayed about the same. Like He's been, obviously, you know, Hauger moved up to the superior car in the Prema, and doing and Novelak moved into cars that were much better and more competitive for them in terms of Trident. But, you know, Vesti was the... I believe Vesti was the highest placed returning... Well, okay, sorry. Logan Sargent was the highest placed returning driver, obviously third. But Logan Sargent, massive downgrade in terms of machinery due to the fact that he's not a factory, like a academy driver, which means he fully has to find his own backing to get a good seat. And he struggled to do that for a bit. Yep. Um, Vesti... Well, so in terms of guys who do that, Vesti, highest placed returning driver, still only came home fourth. Yep. Um, little bit underwhelming and pretty quickly it felt like he was just that step below Hauger and Doohan in terms of overall pace. I see. And you know, yeah. And that's, there's a reason, that's, that's a reason, there's a reason despite being fourth, I've got two guys ranked who finished below him in the standings Mm -hmm. ranked ahead of him in that. And honestly, it's not that far off having, Kaya, guys like Kaya Collette and possibly, you know, Caldwell ranked You're a bit above more him excited about well. those guys. Like yeah, that's the thing. Vesti, 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 I think, is better. But again, like, I don't know how much real room there is for Vesti to grow. Whereas, as I said, I think Caldwell and Collette could easily go from their eighth and ninth this season to first and second next season and flashing away more than Vesti did in the year. No, Johnny Edgar's winning next season. You've heard it here first, folks. It's bonafide going to happen. Is he better? Matteo Nanini. One of the guys you have ranked ahead of him on talent, but who finished behind him, mm. is undoubtedly your number one driver, Victor Martin. 
Oh yeah, you're actually right. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> I want it. I want it to be. And it, to be honest, if you let me sit here for long enough, I could talk myself. Do, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I don't think I can talk him into first. That's that. that like, oh, very obviously, that's Dennis Howard. Well, let me convince you. But well, what I was going to say is if you let me sit here long enough, I'd talk myself into beat Tomato as being my number two driver. I am yeah. so high. And what I will say is out of everybody on this list, Martins has the highest potential. Really? I think Martins potential is uh, to uh, use uh, Keith Lee's gimmick, old mm. gimmick, what? limitless. Bearcat. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Victor Bearcat Martin. <laughs> um, he's a 20 year old Frenchman from... Quincy Seuss Sinat. <laughs> he came fifth with 131 points for MP. He has two wins and carding to his name, a four further top three finishes. He came second in the 2017 Championnat de France F4, second in Formula Renault Euro Cup 2019. He won the thing in 2020. He came second in the Formula Renault eSports series in 2020. He has three wins and nine podiums in eSports to his name. He is an Alpine Academy driver. His website is uh, titled Itinerary of a Naturally Talented Driver, which is fun. Victory Lane is his hashtag, so get amongst it on Twitter, listeners. Get around it, get keen, and get, uh, I guess, amongst the Victory Lane. I don't know. And he was a French gymnastics champion at 10 years old. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He was dropped by Alpine in 2019, but he re-signed this season and probably, I'd say, proved them correct in re-signing him. Yes. Um, I believe Victor Martins is the biggest threat to Piastri getting a seat in Formula 1. I yes. think it is a race in time. I think it is a race Piastri will win, but I think it's a race in time between what happens first. A seat opening up, I imagine an Alpine seat opening up ready for mm. Piastri, or Martins arriving at the point where he too could be in. Select. And I'm not saying Piastri would, if it came down to a choosing between the two, Piastri wouldn't even get it. But Victor is but, French. But I, that's the thing. Victor is French. I think Victor would be, and Victor is the French guy that, unless they, you know, snare Gasly yeah. at some point. Like Victor could be the, Victor is the guy who could be the French talent to that and. He would, you could, that's the thing, if you can make it happen, you could really go, well, he's not just, you know, like French, because, you know, Porsche is French, Gasly is French, but this can be a Frenchman who've gone, effectively, this is a home-run talent. He's come through our own academy. Yeah. Um, As I said, got that much he sits, he sits fourth in my overall talent rankings right, right now. I think he probably sits number one on my potential rankings of this class. He was just the one, now... You think he has more potential than Dennis Harbour? Yeah, I think so. Um, a huge, now, and I will Johnny openly, Edgar. I will, <laughs> I will openly admit, Martin's definitely helped by the fact that he was probably clearly the third best driver, probably the second best driver on the grid behind Hauger through the opening two weekends, mm-hmm. which was the portion of the F3 calendar I most closely was in tune with. He had a form slump. He had five straight races from race two in Austria through to the final race in Budapest where he failed to score a point during the portion of the championship where I wasn't watching much more than maybe a highlights package or just peeping what had happened. Mm-hmm. But those six races in Barcelona and La Castellet, so impressive. If you look at his La Castellet results, he scored 12 points in each race, which means he came second, second, and fifth in the feature race, the Sunday race. The big thing to note about those two seconds is both of them were drives through the field. He qualified 
because I'm pretty sure he lost a spot or two in the feature race. I think he might have qualified something like fourth, which meant he started like ninth or tenth or something for race one, and mm-hmm. he drove that to second. So then he started, yeah. you know, eleventh or something. He drove to second again. It's not bad. He killed it in France, and I believe he did some similar. Like, I believe one of his races in Barcelona was the same. He showed so much in the way of overtake. He was the overtaking machine in those first few races. The overtaking machine. As I said, he definitely, obviously, very clearly, because after that run in France, he then went six, none, 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 six, four, and then he came second and had a 20-point race at Spa, and then he closed out the season fairly solidly, had another podium at Zandvoort, and a second place in Sochi. They actually raced um, in Spa, didn't they? The other three guys. uh, Yes. Yeah. Because they were typically the early races in the yep, weekend. Yep, yep, yep. Not actually. Um, out. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe maybe I'm a little bit overvaluing the part of his season. I did see a lot more of the start of the season, but no. I, you're biased. Maybe. I'm just I'm, maybe. Yeah. I've I've big big raps on the guy. I I want to say for certain. Like I think there's other guys who I that's the thing. Guy obviously biased with like Caldwell and Sargent who finished below him. Who I think based on the fact they're already going to be in F2 this year, I think a, a better lock mm-hmm. to be in there. But uh, I think to me it makes sense that Mark Hans would be there. Especially with the Alpine back in That's like- the thing. Now, obviously, and this will be the last time I'll be saying this, but like if, for whatever reason, they don't move him up the tier and he remains, to me, he should be the runaway favourite for the championship next season. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, you could have said that about Vesti. But, no, I think Martin should be the one. He's the biggest reason I don't think Kyle Collette would move up because I don't know whether Alpine will put both drivers yeah, straight yeah, up yeah, and yeah. Martin's is the stronger prospect and the more French prospect, which it's... definitely counts within Alpine. Those two are fun because they've been racing against each other in, like, uh, the run of Euro Cup and in karting for a very, very long time. They've got a very yes. healthy... And rivalry. they had, from memory, they had a couple of good little scraps on track in yeah, those yeah. early rounds as well. Uh, and Martins sits uh, ranked three in my favourites. Right. three rankings. Which Smolier is clearly the more important. Smolia first, first, Jack Dillon then second. Jack Dillon. Yeah, yeah, okay. Victor Martins, and then the aforementioned what, Juan Manuel Correa. It's what the fans all, are all here to see is Matthew. And then obviously Toth. Favorite. Yeah, fucking Toth. Toth rounding out the top five. Toth yeah, five? Toth. Fucking no. Toth? Big Dude, Toth. I literally, I looked up his driver database page and I just closed the tab. straight. <laughs> There's nothing relevant to look at. Oh, uh, yeah. But um, that leaves us with <laughs> one name, does it not? Yes. Uh, yes, it does. Um, can you just scroll down a little bit for me, please? On your computer. Yes. You, you're, sorry, you're wanting uh, um, Simmons? Chauvinac. Chauvinac, yes. So um, Chauvinac is the man we've all been leading up to, not Dennis Hauger. So if uh, Teo Porsche has an alien, this kid is a fucking eternal well, let's get banned by Marvel. Why not? Okay. Uh, Dennis Hauger, seven wins in karting, which is a lot. He's 18 years old, from Norway, from Auerskong, which is close to Oslo. Seven wins in karting, three further top three finishes. He came second in ADAC in 2019. He won the 2019 Italian mm-hmm. F4 championship. He, uh, now this is big, all right? 
He won the Formula Drivers Challenge in esports in 2020. Nice. Five wins, nine podiums. Uh, <laughs> he would go on rallies with his dad when he was one year old. He got his first ATV. Now, you know what an ATV is, yes, Matthew? Yes, all-terrain vehicle. When he was two. So his parents were trying to kill him. He got his first... Fascinating. He got his first motocross bike when he was four. Yeah, they wanted him dead. And his first go-kart when he was five. That is a quote from him on the Red Bull website. He's a Red Bull junior. Honestly, Alpine and Red Bull have just stockpiled all the fucking talent. It's ridiculous. Ferrari need to pull their figure out. Um, his fam- Watch his Arno Declare is the only one to win a world championship. Oh, 100%. His uh, motto, I never lose. I either win or I learn. This kid is, like, prodigy defined. It's fucking insane. I mean, it's what you'd expect of a Norwegian, though, isn't it? He just he just exudes that, like, Scandinavian yeah. mentality yeah. of, yeah, like, I, like, I'm not sure how much, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. He's not, like, a huge talker in the way of that, but just very, very focused and just has an air of clinic, clinic, is clinicality Cl- a word? Clinicality? Clinicism? Clinical- I'm not sure. Yeah, but he's clinical, is what yes, I feel like. Yes, he just yes, has yes. that air of feeling like clinical about him in that. I mean, as you said, you know, I win. If I don't win, I learn. And yeah. you're like, what? You know, on one hand, kind of brash and cocky. But on the other hand, like, what what other mindset do you want your driver to have? Like, exactly. You know, if, I, if things go wrong, don't just be like, oh, it's fucking shit. Be like, all right. What can I take away from that? Uh, his results. So... And a few races that largely the most consistent. Very typically, there's an awful lot of things that start that are two digits and start with at least a one, meaning they were no worse than a top five. Yeah. Um, he had four wins on the season, three in feature races, and the key here is he was the only man to have what I guess I'll call um, perfect weekends. Wrong thing, but like uh, perfect race or like the perfect. Sunday package. So obviously the way points go, you obviously you get your points if you win. Each race has a two point for the fastest lap. And obviously pole gets you four points in F3 and F2. Mm-hmm. And obviously those four points go to the feature race, accounted in terms of like the feature race part of the weekend. So they go on that. So the maximum points you can get from a feature race is 31. 25 wow. for the win, two for the fastest lap, four for pole. Dennis Hauger did that twice. No one else managed that for the entire season. Jack Dillon was the only other man, as far as I can tell, to do a pole and race win combo, which he did on the Sunday in Spa. Oh, uh, sorry, Doan Doan did the sorry, Doan did the pole and win combo twice. Spa and Sochi. Oh good man. But he didn't manage the fastest lap on those occasions, whereas Dennis Hauger did in his two in Barcelona and Would you Zandvoort. say you won in dominant fashion or comfortable fashion? See, I'd, I'd comfortable because comfortable. there was moments where, like, it was never super close, but there was moments where Doohan started to look like that. Like, he obviously, he checked out, uh, they both had three points after two races in Barcelona, and mm-hmm. then Hauger got 31 to 18. That, that's not that big of a deal. Doohan, he narrowly, narrowly outscored Doohan in the Castellet. He then sort of put the foot down in Spielberg where he went 17, 10, and 22 to Doohan's 10, 4, and none. Oof. And then he again, he outscored. But then, like, and that's it. So I don't know. I think he, I don't know if John Akabi asked to run the mass or whether or not his bleed after Budapest was bigger than what it finished up at, which was 26 points. But in uh, Spa, Hager had a poor weekend. He got none, two, and four, whereas Doohan got none, 15, and 15 as he won both race two and the Sunday race. 
okay. to score 34 points, no, 44 points to six and drive a huge point. So at that point, I think the championship was back within 10, 15 points. Unfortunately, Zanvoort, well, Dylan outscored him by one point on the first set of the race. Neither of them scored in the second one. And then Hauger won to Dylan's fifth, which put the championship back out to um, somewhere up in the 30s. Then he got 12 points to none to Dylan. And then maybe if we had that second, well, even yeah, even with that second race in Sochi, wouldn't have mattered. He got no points to the final race in Sochi. Dylan won it with the pole for 29 points. And the final gap was 26. So, like, Dylan was in contention and that that's a thing. It wasn't – I wouldn't go dominant just because, you know, if things could have gone a little bit different in Sochi and that. Like, if Dylan had been in a position to score somewhat decent points and Hauger hadn't scored points in that first Sochi race, you never know. Like, if he somehow fails to score in all three races Sochi and Dylan goes fifth, second, and first, yeah. may have just come home to Dylan. But it, it was comfortable. He he was pretty much in control from the first weekend. I don't actually think there was a point in time where he wasn't in the lead of the championship. So you think he might be a chance of getting to uh, F2? <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's, it's a weird one that Hauger doesn't. And maybe it's just that Ray Bull doesn't want to... He's already got a seat. Cash. I know he's going to have a seat for next season, but it's a weird one that he doesn't have a seat for the final two races. Yeah, it's fair. Compared to the other guys. But Maybe yeah, he's doing I'm, testing at Red Bull. And that's I think that's possible. more valuable than driving around. So I, is it confirmed he's got a seat in the grid next year? Uh, according to Red Bull, he already has a seat lo- uh, locked in, but and they, they haven't announced haven't, the contract haven't yet. Who it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my guess is probably, as I said, my guess is high-tech Carlin. It would make sense, wouldn't probably, it? Probably Replace Deruvela. I see. Well, Deruvela, we'll get more into that. Deruvela and I think maybe Vips could both be going yeah. for next season. It's quite possible. But yes, Hauger will be there. Hauger will be a title contender. He's not, I wouldn't have him, if I was like grading everyone and doing the whole like, you know, like grading them like college prospects coming out of like college for like the Americas, what's in that? Would I have him graded as high as I did Piastri? Well, yeah, is no. he a George Russell Piastri? Like, would I have, well, obviously no, because he's not, he wasn't the one and done. This was year two for him. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd probably grade him about the same as Porsche. Maybe okay. fractionally higher, but maybe fractionally below. But that's probably more the ballpark. He's not he's not that Leclerc, Russell, Piastri, just so vehemently obvious, like an absolute A plus yeah. slam dunk prospect. But, you know, he's he's pretty fucking he's, good. He's first he's he's the number one pick in his draft class comfortably. Yeah. He's yeah, definitely, yeah. you know, he's the definitely the best QB off the board and you know, he's going to go to a QB needy team. You prefer the the NFL parody analogy there or the NBA analogy there? What's the what? NFL because there the is NFL. one position in NFL that just means so much more than anything else and it's that QB. You, you, you're that, taking the, like if there is a, if you if your team needs a QB or there is like a really really good QB that will always go. And that's that's the other thing. A a QB will always go above that if it is a QB needed. Like, if the team at the top of the draft could do with a QB, the QB might actually only be, like, the sixth best prospect available, but they'll take the QB because they need the QB. I think, man, there are just too many goddamn talented kids coming up through the uh, the feeder categories. You know, Ralph yeah. Boshong still holds out hopes of making it to F1 one day. You'd love to see it, but we won't. <laughs> Maybe he's a street circuit specialist. But that brings us to the uh, denouement of this kind of... F3 to F2 predictions. The top 10 for Matt's talent list. We had... Hauger, Sargent... Sorry. 
Yes, Halga Sergeant Duin. Yep. Victor Martin. Yep. Novelak. Yep. In at number five. Um, number six was Frederick Vesti. Yep. Number seven was uh, right. Kyle Collette. Yep. Number eight. <laughs> shit. Number eight was Ollie Caldwell. Yep. Number nine was Arthur Leclerc. And number ten was Ayumu Owasa. And, and I'm a fucking king. Mention to number 11, Alex Smolia. Shout out to Alex Smolia and shout out to Johnny Edgar and shout out to Jack Crawford, who are my picks, those last two for our future Smokies. And Toth. And Toth. Toth. <laughs> Big man. We're not done yet, Matthew. Don't walk away. You need to stretch my legs. Oh, you need to stretch his legs. I'm an old man. They don't, let, they, they don't let you stretch your legs in Saudi Arabia. Come on. <laughs> what are you? What do you think? You have rights? Yes. This isn't fucking Keep talking. Victorian England. So before we sign off here, it's been a long one. So thank you everyone for listening. Much appreciated. We're going to just preview Jeddah very quickly. The upcoming race weekend. It is upon us. The new track. Just a few fun facts for the new track. I haven't planned. There it is. The Jeddah Corniche Circuit. Uh, was getting, I think, freshly tarmacked as late as last week. Yeah, no, well, a bit a bit concerning, isn't it? A little bit concerning. It's going to be great. We're going to have fuck all grip. It should be great. It's going to be so many crashes. We'll be the second longest track um, on the calendar, roughly 800 meters shorter than Spa. Three DRS zones, several sweeping corners around the 27-turn track, 16 left-handers and 11 right-handers. And apparently we've, half an NASCAR oval. We've already talked about the turn 13 hairpin. Um, it will be the world's fastest street circuit. And its average speed will only be slower than that of Monza in terms of Formula One racetracks, which is fucking insane. All right. It's, it's situated yes. on the shores of the Red Sea. You'll find striking coral reef to the west, mm-hmm. stunning deserts to the north, Strong. and piles of dead natives to the west. Um, sorry, imposing mountains to the, to the east. I've already said the west. My bad. Um, are you excited to watch? Is it their own natives that are dead? Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Like, yeah. For sure. The, um, I forget their, their name, but wherever Neom is being built. Regardless, uh, are you excited for a new racetrack, Matthew? <laughs> and no. how many crashes will there be? What? No. Give me a what? number. Give me a number. Give me an estimate. 12. 12 yes. crashes. All right. Well, okay. 12 notable incidents. Are we going just the races or practice sessions and everything or just the races? Um, is this just... Is your twelve for the entire? Well, weekend? that's what are you asking? I'm for not the entire sure. Weekend or just, 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 just race let's just specific? just races, just races. I, I know. I think twelve notable incidents. They may not all be like massive, spectacular crashes, but like more than just like a little bit of conflict or someone like cutting a tire down or something. I think there'll be twelve. Okay, the I like so that. So an average of four per race. I'm gonna go eight. Eight major incidents and uh, just. Not excited Two at all. All of them will include the latter. Not excited. <laughs> all of them will include the latter. <laughs> so not not excited for Jeddah. No. Not excited for the fastest street circuit ever built. No. No. I mean, look. <laughs> the, I'd be more at the end of the day. I'd be more excited if it was anywhere except for Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, not huge on that. And I just there were things I would have rather to included that I think will be that. I just, I, it all sounds cool and everything. And I'm sure like quality or whatever might be that. I remains to be seen with the racing. And that's, that's what it comes down to. If it proves that wrong and the racing's fucking mint, then Hey ho, that's great. 
and I'll be on board and I'll be like, yes, let's come back here every year. At the end of the day, if there's one thing that's going to make me forget about crimes against humanity, it's good racing. It's good quality racing. But I'm not expecting good quality racing, which means all I can focus on is the human rights abuses. I mm-hmm. mean, we'll edit that out so that they don't um, silence me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, it'll be a weekend. Definitely more excited for the F2 half of the weekend than the F1 half of the weekend. BCF. Not that I'll be watching any of it because it's Bathurst this weekend, which is much more important. You can watch both. I will, They're at very different times. Yeah, but you'd be surprised how little interest you have in watching any other motorsport after watching it for eight hours for the entire daytime part of the Fair day. Enough. That's okay. Well, as usual, I can hold down the actual work behind the podcast. That's fine. I'm happy to do that. I, I for one, am excited. They've they've sold me with all the splurges about the fastest street circuit and the you're, interesting... You're very, very easy to please. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, look, you'd, you'd be surprised. Um, <clears throat> regardless, I'm very keen to see these coral reefs they're talking about. I imagine they look Since our reef is, our reef is dying, they must I'm have sure good reefs out in the center of oil world, oil land, big yeah. oil over there in Saudi Arabia. Give me your predictions yeah. for the podium on uh, feature race. Uh, let me stop looking at the F3 grid. Good That'd call. help me. That'd um, help. I don't have the F2 grid open. That's unfortunate. Uh, I will go Piastri to win. Uh-huh. I don't know whether do I want to shock the system. Go on. Clement Novelak. Uh, Logan Sargent. Logan Sargent at P2. P2. And Ralph Boschong to get that money. Oh, Ralph Boschong. Three. Well, he does love a good street circuit. That's why I was getting I've actually got straight. Ralph Boschung winning. Yeah, it's not happening. It's definitely happening. Uh, Ralph Boschung to win. Guan Yuzhou is coming second. And uh, Clement Novelak is coming third. Oh, no. In you've my... I haven't... You put you've committed Liam a crime. Lawson on my... Uh, I'm well, Not that. You've committed a crime against the nation of Australia. You've given too many points back to Guan Yuzhou. We can't have that. I think Guan Yu will want to prove himself. He's been getting roasted online. The last like, thing we need is Guan Yu actually winning this title. That doesn't help Piastri Guan Yu's been... Now that we know Piastri is not in F2 next year, he has to win the championship. Guan Yu's been roasted by idiots online. He's going to be uh, committed to performing and showing them all to be wrong. I haven't watched it, but I'm pretty sure there's a Josh Revelle video, and I imagine it's, you know, fairly strong. Of, yeah, this guy deserves to be here. They're always good. Watch Josh Revelle videos. They're fucking great. Yes, and if also... If you want to know more about the people that we tell you very little about because we don't actually have a lot of knowledge, check out Josh Revelle's YouTube channel because he will actually tell you shit that you feel about these people and you'll be like, oh, okay, this guy actually is good. Okay, let's stop advertising uh, rival... Content he's not a no, he's he makes not. videos. Let's it's stop. Great. Let's Watch stop. It in conjunction as part of let's this. Advertise our own content. Mate, I'll advertise him content. until we we, we we do it enough that we can be like, hey, dude, we talk about your show over each. Come on the podcast. I, I then w- he can be the third host, and then I can quit. I just we- listen to it, and he can be the second host. Where's your ambition, Matthew? For fuck's sake! Yeah, my ambition is to just be able to like. Um, you know, You're supposed to drive me on. Silently work in the background. You can't goddamn keep... Mo- you can't motivate me if you have no motive. I'll established enough that it's got an official thing. I've, like, signed contracts so, like, my name is on it. But then I'll step back from actual hosting so I can pocket the cash but not do any of the work. Can we sign Spencer to a fucking... You have to a show per up. appearance deal? Yes. He only... <laughs> yeah, yeah. He only oh, mate, he, he'd only be getting... If we ever get to that point, he's only getting paid for the weeks he's there. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, thank you very much for sticking with us throughout this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. You can catch us on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of the good shit. Not on Podbean anymore, unfortunately. Podbean scrapped us, but fuck Podbean. Follow the Instagram. Uh, peace, love. I've been Deshaun. I've liked this podcast today. It's been fun. Matthew? Certainly been something. It's certainly it's been certainly something. certainly been something. This has been F2 for Alex you. Alex coolest driver in F3. Uh, disagree. It's obviously tough. Goodbye. <laughs> Amen. That record button. Dansky. Dansky has the spirit.